Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. This short-form episode shares only the introductory remarks for our topic this week. For the full conversation, check this podcast feed or visit ignatiushouse.org slash peopleofhope. Let's begin. Our topic today is finding joy in community. Many of us have felt a disconnect from community during this pandemic. We've perhaps rediscovered our desire for community, our inherent need for it. So let's start our conversation with two guests. First is Lauren Morton, a friend of Ignatius House and community holistic health advocate with a special interest in the empowerment of women and girls of color. She prayerfully lives by her mission statement of being a multi-comma woman where everything behind the comma brings joy. Lauren initiated Be at Peace, a program for black women that merges faith and femininity in a journey toward healing and wholeness. And we also have Father Brent Otto, a spiritual director, Jesuit priest, and former staff member at Ignatius House. He's now working on a PhD in the history of India at the University of California, where he also teaches undergraduates and assists in parish ministry and spiritual direction. And he is also my brother, if you haven't figured that out yet. Brent is going to open with some initial thoughts on community, but I have first asked Lauren to open us in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We come to you, Lord, in our longing desire in seeking you in community. Let us find joy, encounter one another, and see you and your belovedness and others as we build that community, that koinonia. We thank you, God, for this time and our many blessings that we, as we seek to build that community with one another. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, I'm really delighted to be here today and to have this conversation with you, Lauren and uh, Andy. So um, in my church communities, the various ones I've been a part of, I've often heard an injunction about what is necessary to lead a spiritually grounded life. We must remember who we are and whose we are. And really, these are two parts, knowledge of self and knowledge of the others to whom we belong, God and neighbor. They're basically two sides of the same coin. We know ourselves only in relation to who made us, to who loves us, to the people with whom we live. We can't say who we are without talking about the community we're a part of. And ultimately for me, and probably for all people of faith, I think that community is really convened by God, blessed, loved, and given a mission. Jesus says it like this, love one another as I have loved you. Our love that we experience from God can't be separated from the love we're called into in the community of people with which we live. 
And the first and most basic community that we find ourselves in is the family of our birth. It is where we first experience love and to know right from wrong. In, in family, we are challenged to show love and to learn how to let love prevail even when we fight with our siblings or angry at our parents. And it's also usually where our hearts and minds are first tuned in to God. What is God like? What does God mean for my life? How could I have a relationship with God? When we get a bit older, our community expands to the kids at school, to our class, a group of friends that we play with. Maybe we develop a sense of civic belonging um, to the town we live in or to the faith community that we worship in. We realize that they all give us something and we also owe something to them. We're drawn into a relationship. Uh, for myself, I remember in fourth grade, we learned about town government and all its functions, how we vote, and how in our society there's a balance between rights and responsibilities. So I got really interested in all this and formed a make-believe town. At home, I put on town meetings for family and friends. I created a post office and with some help um, from my mother in graphic design, we published a newspaper for a year or two about the goings-on of this quasi-real community. So today's conversation isn't only about community, but about joy in community. So I'd like to reflect just a bit on how joy has been a part of my experience of community. I think first about a mentor of mine in college. He had us read many books on spirituality, on psychology, on social justice and mysticism. And one thing I remember vividly was a conversation in class on the marks of friendship. He said, the deepest kind of friendship is when people can be together without necessarily saying anything or doing anything, but just delight in being with one another. And that was kind of a novel thought for me as a sophomore in college. But in a way, I'd already been coming to know that it was true. Because in my spiritual life, I had discovered, I think for the first time, silence. The blessedness in simply being silent with God, having no agenda. Silence offers a fullness of the heart pretty, pretty often. We, we feel not alone in the silence, but accompanied. And it's similar, in a way, to our deepest friendships with others, that what is holy and joyful is being together. It's not primarily what we do or what we say. I think of the uh, transfiguration of Jesus, where he takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain to pray. And there, before their eyes, Jesus is transfigured, becoming dazzling white by some sort of divine light, which in that moment, Peter, James, and John perceive with amazing clarity, and they see him talking to Moses and Elijah. Then the voice of God comes from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. What joy, right, in that moment. And so Peter's response is, Lord, it's good to be here. 
And then he proposes that they basically stay there forever, that they build huts and remain there forever. And I think we can resonate with that call. Sometimes we have a moment with others shared that we just want to hold on to. For me, I recall a trip to Maine with friends, four very close friends in college. We enjoyed the beauty of nature together. We cooked, we talked, we laughed, we went on hikes, and we shared deeply from the heart. It was really a joy to be with them. I remember one night sitting on the beach, we had something of a transfiguration moment of our own as our conversation turned to how utterly blessed we were to be friends. Just a couple years before, we had been strangers. But meanwhile, we got to know each other's stories, our strengths, our weaknesses, our struggles. Our lives had become intertwined. And so our little community was a real gift, a source of joy, a consolation. I remember at the end of that trip, as we drove home, I deliberately found myself driving slower so that our time together wouldn't come to an end so quickly. Now, in the transfiguration story, Jesus rebukes Peter for wanting to essentially stay in the clouds and cling to the joy of that moment. And he reminds Peter that this was all for a reason. It was in service of a mission. It wasn't euphoria for its own sake. For they had to go to Jerusalem and heartbreaking things would happen there. And when it did, Peter, James, and John were carrying with them that holy memory of that pinnacle experience of God and community that they had shared. No one could take that away from them. It could be assurance, a rock, a refuge of the heart. Though fear obscured that memory at moments, as with Peter's three denials of Jesus, or how the disciples locked themselves away in fear, Still, they could come back to that touchstone, and they did, and were ultimately faithful to who they were and whose they were. As for me and my friends from that trip to Maine, now, about 20 years later, we remain close friends. They've married, had children. I'm the godfather of two of the kids. One of them joined the Jesuits, like myself. Anyway, despite all the many changes of our lives, we are still a community forged not entirely out of our own choice, but because for some reason, while still strangers, we found ourselves together in the same community of our college, our dorm, then a prayer group, and into friendship. That sense of being drawn into community has left us with great joy that has never faded, but endured. And I think that is divine work. That's grace. And we only cooperated with it. So joy and community is very real, very possible, and often happens, I think, less by our own efforts than by our cooperation with God, who gives us to each other as gift. So I'll conclude with this line that comes to mind from John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 11, which I think aptly states God's intention for us to find joy in community with others. Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media.
And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.